I'd like to thank Aaron K for sponsoring this week's Torah content. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shirim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and access additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishnewes.substack.com. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the audio version of the one-page article I wrote and published on my blog, Kol Hasridim, on July 28, 2021, entitled, Help, I've Fallen Into Sufi Poetry and I Don't Know What I'm Doing. Throughout my childhood and teenage years, I hated poetry. I hated reading it. I hated discussing it. I hated writing it. I recently stumbled upon a trove of poetry assignments that I was forced to write in high school, and this haiku, or quote-unquote haiku, perfectly captures my stubbornly resentful attitude at the time. I hate poetry, he said. No, you really don't. Yes, I really do. This attitude remained staunchly in place for many years after high school. Then I discovered Thoreau. This was the first time I encountered a thinker writing poetry in prose. That blew my mind. I was reading ideas, but they weren't expressed in the way that I thought ideas had to be expressed. At first, I thought this was just Thoreau. But after seeing examples of this in Bruce Lee, Emerson, Ruff Soloveitchik, and others, I identified the quality I enjoyed, being immersed in the world of ideas as perceived by the mind of a poet. Fast forward to May 2021, when I started reading Tara Brock's books, and June 2021, when I started listening to her lectures and meditations, all of which are interwoven with excerpts of poetry. Of the several poets whose works are quoted more frequently than others, one has stood out to me, Rumi. Jalal al-Din Muhammad Rumi, uh, who lived from 1207 to 1273 CE, was a Persian Islamic teacher, scholar, and philosopher poet. He was also a Sufi mystic. What does that mean? I have very little idea other than what I've gleaned from the internet, against my own better judgment. And uh, on my blog, there's a hyperlink to my, uh, my article about the inadequacy of internet research. But, as the Ramam said, accept the truth from whoever says it. And I have found truths in these poems. There's a lot of other stuff in these poems as well, non-truths, mystical flights of fancy, lexical paroxysms, but it's the truths which interest me. I'm fascinated by Rumi's cryptic style. Take, for example, such stanzas as, quote, be empty of worrying, think of who created thought, or why do you stay in prison when the door is wide open, or darkness is your candle, your boundaries are your quest, or your old life was a frantic running from silence. Such lines strike me in an entirely different way than the prose I typically read. They stay with me throughout the day, repeatedly calling back my thoughts. The feeling is akin to what Morpheus said to Neo, quote, what you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind driving you mad, end quote. What do I hope to get out of my roomy reading other than truth? Well, for years, I've learned and taught Tehillim, Kinos, and Slichos. I've become more and more in touch with the poetry of these texts, but I often feel like I'm missing something essential. But when I read Rumi's poetry, I feel like I'm expanding my intellectual imagination. I'm not entirely sure what I mean by that, but that's what it feels like. My hope is that reading such poetry not in the context of learning will help me unlock the poetry in learning. I also sense that by exploring these new and unusual forms of thought and language, I am familiarizing myself with the boundaries and limitations of language as a medium of thought. Rumi was known to conclude poems with statements like, quote, let that musician finish this poem, end quote. 
David HaMelech ended Tehillim with a chapter about praising Hashem with music, expressing the inadequacy of praising Hashem with words. Language is limited, but perhaps by recognizing and striving to transcend these limitations through poetry, we can catch just a fleeting glimpse of the sublime. Your boundaries are your quest. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah content fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.